to another audio podcast by ChristchurchChristianCenter.org. <laughs> a hen and a pig came up to a church building one day, and uh, <laughs> true story, and, and read, there was an advertisement board in front of the church, and they read it out, and it, and it said, what can we do to help the poor? And immediately the hen suggested they feed the poor bacon and eggs. And the pig thought for a moment and said, there's only one thing with feeding bacon and eggs to the poor. For you, it only requires a contribution, but for me, it's total commitment. (laughs) And I want to ask you, what, what are you totally committed to? If you're married, I hope you're totally committed to your spouse. If you're a parent, you're committed to your children and raising them in the right way. You might be committed to your job, to friends. I hope you're committed to your church and... Above all, whatever happens, you're committed to God. And commitment to God has got to come first, because God commands that it come first. And it's, it's, it's the first of the Ten Commandments. You shall have no other gods before me. And God commanded the Israelites, and he commands us, that he is to be first in our lives, above everything else. We've got to be committed to him first, before anything else. Matthew 22, someone came up to Jesus and said, Teacher, what is... Which is the the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and the first commandment. And whatever or whoever you are committed to provides the motives for your actions. So if the pig in in the story at the start was totally committed to feeding the poor with bacon and eggs, if he was totally committed to that, he would have died for the cause. So whatever you're committed to, you do, you do something about it. But I want to ask the question this morning, what or who is God committed to? And how does that affect what God does? And, and last time I spoke from Psalm 23, it seems like a long time ago, now I, I spoke on, he leads me in paths of righteousness. And, and this time is just four words, for his name's sake. So he leads us in paths of righteousness for his, his name's sake. And the phrase for his name's sake is what we're going to think about Tonight, and, and it's a phrase that is, is found throughout the Bible, a concept that's found throughout the Bible that God works, God does everything for the sake of his name. As we know, Psalm 23 was written by David, and, and we know David was a, a shepherd, and, and, and shepherds lead, they, they lead the flock of sheep down the right paths to fresh pasture because they love the sheep, they, they, they take care of the sheep, that's their job, to do it to the best of their ability. But, but shepherds also do that, they lead the sheep to the best places. For the sake of their reputation. So if the shepherd leads the sheep down the wrong path or leads them to danger and, they get, and the sheep get killed, it not only, not only harms the sheep, but it harms the shepherd's reputation. They're no longer thought of as a good shepherd. And so the good shepherd leads the sheep in right paths for the good of the sheep. But also, perhaps even more importantly, if he wants to continue as a shepherd, for the sake of his own name. And so God leads us in paths of righteousness, he leads us in righteousness, he gives us his righteousness which enables us to, to, to walk right paths in him. Why? Well, he doesn't do it for our sake, he does it for his sake. He does it for his name's sake, primarily. First and foremost, he does it for his name's sake. And that that's the main theme that I want to bring home tonight, is that God is concerned about making a name for himself. He is concerned that his name would be glorified above everything else. And that God's concern about making his name famous 
and glorifying his name and doing everything for his sake is actually beneficial for us. And, and that, that must be the right order, that his name is glorified, that everything happens for his name's sake, and then us. So God cares about his reputation. God wants his name to be glorified because of who he is committed to. And above everything and everybody else, God is committed to himself. He's committed to his own glory. Commandment number one, again, you shall have no other gods before me. God will be your first. Everything else fits under him. You shall have no other gods before me. And God is holy and God cannot, does not, will not break his own law. He will not break the Ten Commandments. And so he has no other gods before himself. He is committed to himself. He puts himself first because that is the first commandment. But what, but what about us? Isn't he committed to us? Yes, he is committed to us. Of course he is. He loves us with an unfailing, everlasting love. But before you and above you, he's committed to himself. He's committed to his name being made famous. He's committed to his reputation. He, he loves himself. He loves Jesus. He wants to glorify himself first and foremost. Because if you're committed to something, if he's committed to us before himself, then God's guilty of idolatry. He's breaking the first commandment. He's putting us before himself. He's committed to himself and his glory first and foremost. So what does that mean for us? Does that mean that we can't trust him as much because in fact he's committed to himself more than he is us? I think you know the answer to that one. In Exodus, um, in chapters 9 to 11, we see God causing uh, the plagues in Egypt because Pharaoh wouldn't let the Israelites leave. <clears throat> and, and I've often wondered, why, why God did you cause those, those plagues to happen? Because he's God. He could have set the Israelites free with, with just so easily, a click of his fingers, and they could be set free. But he chose not to. The Bible tells us that God chose to harden Pharaoh's heart so that Pharaoh wouldn't let the Israelites go. Why did he do that? Well, Exodus 9, 15 to 16, it says, by now, I could have, by now I could have lifted my hand and struck you and all your people with a plague to wipe you off the face of the earth. But I have spared you for a purpose. This is him talking to, to Pharaoh. I've spared you for a purpose to show you my power and to spread my fame throughout the earth. That was God's purpose. He could have solved it straight away. But he let it go on. Plague after plague after plague. Why? To show them the power of God. To spread God's fame throughout the earth. And the result of the plagues. That terrible, terrible things. Ending with the, the plague of death to all of Egypt's firstborn. But the result of it was, was Israelites release from slavery. And he didn't have to send the plagues. He chose to, to make a name for himself. And many years later, the prophet Isaiah wrote of the Exodus and described exactly the same thing and Isaiah 63 speaks of God as the one who caused his glorious arm to go at the right hand of Moses who divided the waters before them to make for himself an everlasting name who led them through the depths 
Like a horse in the desert, they did not stumble. Like livestock that go down into the valley, the Spirit of the Lord gave them rest. So you led your people to make for yourself a glorious name. It's all about making a name for himself. And Psalm 106 teaches the same thing. Our fathers, when they were in Egypt, did not consider your wonderful works. They did not remember the abundance of your steadfast love, but rebelled against the Most High at the Red Sea. Yet he saved them for his name's sake, that he might make known his mighty power. And so God is primarily concerned about his name's sake. He's committed above everything else, to glorifying his name. And he did all these amazing acts, all these miracles for the sake of his name, that his name would be glorified. So why is God acting, for his name's sake, beneficial to us? <clears throat> Thousands of years ago, people tried to build a, a tower to the, to, to all the way to, to heaven, and, and they acted for the sake, not of, of God's name, but of their name. Genesis 11, we read about it. Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower, they said, with its top in the heavens, and let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. They were concerned about not making a name for God, but making a name for themselves. Proverbs 18, verse 10 says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and is safe. And God revealed his name to Moses at the burning bush. I am who I am, he said to Moses. Yahweh, the self-existent one. And when we rely on making a name for ourselves, like the, the people who built, tried to build a tower of Babel, then that's all we have. All we have is our own name. But when we run to the name of the Lord... We have him. We have provision, support, refuge, eternal life. We have a choice to rely on our own provision, our own resources, or we can rely on the limitless resources in God. David wrote in Psalm 61, For you have been a refuge for me, a tower of strength against the enemy. God wants to make his name known through you. And he wants you to know his name. He leads you in his name for the sake of his name. And our eternal security is tied up in the fact that God acts for the sake of his name. Because his name is a strong tower. And God's commitment to the fame of his name results in our security. He wants to glorify his name. He wants his name to be made famous. And if we're in his name... He's not going to let us down. His name is a strong tower. <clears throat> I've got um, a video which uh, Steve's going to play. And, and it, well, let's just watch it. It's about the names of God. Let's watch this video.
The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and is safe. Psalm 23, verse 3 starts off, He restores my soul, but he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And God is leading us. He's leading us individually. He's leading us as a church. He's leading us, his righteous ones, the ones that he has made righteous. He's leading us in his paths. He wants to lead you in his paths. And I, and I had a real sense, that as, as I was just thinking about it this afternoon, that some of us, we, we don't understand his paths for us. There are some things happening in there. We're thinking, why, why is that going on? Surely this isn't, this isn't my path, your path for me. What's going on? Am I on the wrong path? And things might not be clear at the moment in your life, but, but as long as we're staying close to him, he's leading us. As long as we're close to him, he's leading us in the way that he wants us to go. And even if it doesn't make sense... We're staying close to him. He's leading us. And not only is he leading us in these righteous paths 
for our good, even though we don't understand it. He's, he's leading us in those righteous paths for his name's sake. We can rely on that. Even if they don't make sense, it's for his name's sake. When things don't go as you think they should, he's doing it all for the sake of his name, that his name will be glorified to the utmost. And maybe if things were easier, it might be easier for us in the short term, but God can see how his name is going to get the most glory out of what you're going through. Oh, sometimes we don't get that. We, we, how can God get glory out of this situation? We can't see it. Well, I, might, I might have said this before, but um, someone once said, was it C.S. Lewis? I can't remember. The, the, the most um, common word you're going to hear in heaven is, oh. When we look back and we think, oh, that, that's exactly why that was going on. Now I understand. Now I understand. And when we're going through it, we don't. But God does everything that his name would be glorified to the, the, the highest it will, to the utmost. And sometimes it seems like God's leading us in the wrong way that we've left the righteous path, but if we keep in close to Jesus, he isn't. Later on in the psalm, David writes, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, and then sometimes, I'll, I'll speak on this verse, where, where does it come up? It comes next, yes. So, <laughs> I know this psalm really well. So, sometimes, I won't preempt my sermon, but sometimes that the shepherd would lead the sheep through dangerous valleys. And it would be like, well, what, what, why are you leading his, us through here? Shepherd, because it, it's dangerous, but the shepherd would do this because it's the most e- efficient route for them to go down. And it might not appear like the route your life is taking at the moment is the best or the most efficient, but Jesus, your good shepherd, will not let his name be defamed. He is leading you in his right paths for the sake of his name. And I think in the midst of that, in the midst of our journey with Jesus, we, we need to make sure that we are close to him. But we can, we, can ha- we can experience his peace, even if we feel like we're on the wrong path, even if we feel, where is God in this? We can experience his peace. And I want to end by completely leaving the Old Testament and, and jumping all the way forward to Philippians, where Paul writes, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. God does all things for the, the sake of his name, for the glory of his name. And we can take refuge in God because of that. Our confidence in God comes not through us, but for the fact that he does everything for the sake of his name. We can rest in that. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are our good shepherd. You're the perfect shepherd. We thank you, Jesus, that above...